0: Welcome to another episode of Putting the Pieces Together with Jigsaw Learning. I'm joined today by the administrators from EG Wallstrom School in High Prairie School Division. Chris Herbert is a school principal and has been a school leader for the past five years. Prior to that, he has experience as a learning support teacher, as well as a classroom teacher in a variety of grades from kindergarten through grade eight. He has a passion for school improvement and a philosophy that is firmly grounded by values that include every child learning and every child being capable of success. Audrey Ghostkeeper is the vice principal and she has over 12 years of experience in the rural K-12 school. Uh, She's also worked as a learning support teacher in her current role, she has experience leading and teaching within both literacy and numeracy interventions, as well as instructional coaching. So welcome and thank you to you both for being here. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. Hi, so
0: everybody. Let's start back at the beginning. How did you come to learn about collaborative response?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I think I'll let Audrey start because she was the first person to meet Curtis.
2: So my first introduction with Collaborative Response was a long time ago. Curtis was actually still a school principal at that point, and it was teacher's convention. Uh, and I was still a teacher in the K-12 school you spoke of. And he, it was the first time that we really saw sort of collaboration in a school, for me anyways, uh, in just differently. It was being done differently than what I had any experience with before. So that was sort of the first spark for me about it. Uh, and then it's kind of just sort of trickled in every every once in a while, I would hear about it, or I would talk to somebody who would talk about it. Uh, and then when I came over into this school, uh, as a learning sport teacher, and then as a vice principal, I got to us in an admin team with Chris, and we started talking about it. And then we Chris can kind of take you from there.
1: Yeah, we were kind of fortunate enough to like our division put on a, um, it was like a one day session. It was with Lorna. And she came and just kind of just gave an overview of the collaborative response and just the different components that go inside of it. And uh, it was an interesting thing because actually on the car ride home, uh, we also had a learning support teacher from our school. Not at, She's not with our school anymore, but at that time, and we were just kind of just brainstorming about it. And it was like, wow, you no, know, there are many parts here that we already do. And there's lots of neat things. But I think as we continued with this, because we noticed that the division was going down the, ru- uh, the line of doing pyramids of intervention or response to interventions and making those. Um, but what we noticed was we were lacking a structure or a system to kind of put things together. Uh, it was just like, there's some things here, there's some things here, there's some things here. This is half finished. It was kind of like one of those mixed match things. And then COVID came along last year and it shut the schools down. Um, and myself and, and Audrey and our, our learning support teacher, uh, Jen, we, we were like, okay, well, the school is quite quiet without kids. And we decided that, uh, why don't we do some professional development together? Cause we're still coming to the building every day and uh, let's, let's do a book study. So we chose to do a book study of the collaborative response and uh there was some amazing discussion that came out of that and and actually at the very end of the book study um curtis joined us uh as the final session and we all got a chance to ask three questions which was just a really cool experience um and i think we were hooked i i uh, maybe i'm speaking for myself but i think we were hooked at that point because we were like audrey and i were like there's the structure there's where we need to go there's the missing ingredient or component Uh, And that's what started it. It Yeah, we
2: found ourselves too, like actively seeking PD opportunities for the two of us to really understand it. Um, And we were just kind of looking for things. We went to a PD session, just the two of us with Curtis at one point and just found ourselves like I said, just trying what we could to, to learn more in any way
0: that we could. You've done some learning and now as the administrators in the building, how did you begin the implementation of collaborative response at your school?
1: Yeah, definitely. We um, Like like I said, there was stuff already in place. I mean, we were doing our pyramids of intervention. That's what we were calling them. Uh, and we also had things like we had PLC meetings happening. And those are things that happen in all schools uh, across the world. And Uh, We also were starting to create, we did some some training, we were doing some playbooks for best practices, what are some things for uh, research best instructional practices and trying to collect those and kind of put them together so that we could share them with newer teachers coming into our school, but also make sure that all of our classes had some consistency to them. Um, There was differentiated instruction that was happening inside of rooms, but at the same time, it was like pockets, 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 pockets. Lots of really good things happening, but it was like, how do we share this? How do we continue to build everybody's capacity? How do we continue to have a collective force and uh, a vision towards what that looks like? And that's what started to happen. And, uh, and uh, maybe I'll, that was kind of where we got to that point. And maybe I'll let Audrey just talk a little bit about what we developed this year with our continuums and, and why we decided to do that.
2: From there, as Chris said, we kind of just had a lot of bits and pieces of things and, and uh, we had done a ton of work around relationship building and, and really changing um, how what we were doing to kind of build relationships with kids but as he said it was just a bit abstract, we had nothing concrete. And so when COVID hit, we kind of had an opportunity to go back and revisit a lot of that stuff and, and kind of take some of the learning that we had done into this, uh, onto this sort of continuum idea. Uh, And that's where we started creating, um, actually our first real continuum, which was our relationships continuum, Um, and, uh, and started which has since now involved, and we actually have three on the go now around social, emotional, and we have behavior as well. Um, but the relationship continuum was the first sort of formalized process of taking all of that great work and all of those things that we were doing and putting it into something uh, more structured that we could use in our collaboration uh, and get more
0: refined. You talked a lot about starting with the relationships first, and I know that we've talked a little bit about that being your first area that you ventured into, what informed that? What was the process for digging into the data around that being the place to start?
1: That's a, that's a great question. I, it's one of those things where we, we, we had like, we used Rita Pearson, we used different things like that, be a champion for all children. And, uh, and it was one of those things where we knew relationship was really important for schools and how to start getting like, connect with the child, connect with the relationship, then we can deepen the learning and this was something that our staff truly believed in but at the same time we also wanted some concrete data to show that do we need to improve in these areas or are we missing the mark so one of the things that we uh, did from there was we looked at our school survey data so we were using our school data we also had some school surveys set up for uh, our internal use but divisional use we also had uh, the apori data and things like the government surveys that went out to families for our students also our teachers And with this data, we started to closely look at safe and caring schools, respectful environments, what what is happening inside of those sense of belonging. And actually, what came out of that was we realized um, we weren't hitting the mark that we wanted. Uh, It's not to to say that what was happening inside of the school, there was lots of good things happening. But the concrete data actually was telling us something that may have been in our gut, telling us that Could we improve in these areas? Yeah, we definitely can. Are we hitting, you know, are we below the Canadian norm? At that time, we were. And we weren't okay with this. As a collective, not just Audrey and I, but as a collective, our staff was not okay with it. So that quickly generated uh, a push. Let's now, uh, let's get something put together. And this is kind of to what Audrey was talking about. We took COVID as an opportunity. We knew relationships were going to be bigger than ever this year. We knew social emotional uh, learning was going to be very important. Behaviors were going to look a little different. So it was time to kind of go back to the drawing board of relationships. And then we started this journey of building the continuum of supports for relationships. The nice part about it was, it wasn't just talking about, hey, what do you do? And hey, what do you do? It's what do we all want to do? And what does that look like? And what does it not look like? And, What do we do when a student needs a little bit more targeted support? Um, So you can see like how concise and precise we started to get in this process.
0: I know in talking to you before that I've heard your story that there was some school-based surveys that you did and there were some pictures. And Audrey, do you want to talk about that process? Sure. Um,
2: So where, as Chris said, we, we did some work with relationships before COVID and and did some, it, you know, it was a little messy at that point. Um, we started kind of taking, we did this idea of a relationship target. It was very isolated to each classroom. And it was essentially like, you know, the idea of the target and you put the kids that have closer relationships to you as the classroom teacher closer to the center and the kids that you have less relationships to the outside. And that created a lot of good conversation. Uh, it created a lot of reflection for, for people to make really, Uh, strategic moves in building closer connections with their individual students, but what it lacked was the the global aspect, how do we take that connection or or identifying those students, how do we take it outside of the classroom walls, how do we take it to the entire school so that each each teacher in the school is building, actively building relationships with kids that need them in our entire school community, and so What that posed then was sort of this question of, but how do you know? How do you know who needs a relationship or who needs a connection? How do you know that information so you can make strategic moves to build those relationships with those kids? So it kind of came with the, the thumbnail pictures, very, very tiny thumbnail pictures. We put them up in the staff room. They, we circulated them around for people. And the idea was we posed these three questions, right? Do you know the student? Right. Do you know anything about their family? Do you know anything about their hobbies? And we had three different colored pens, and everyone had to kind of assign a pen color to the picture. And it we ended up with a whole pile of check marks next to these thumbnail pictures. And it was all in the staff room, and everybody cycled through, and it, and it was good. It was a great place to start. But when we were looking at the data, it was a a lot of paper and it was a lot of multicolored pens and, and it created, but it was a really good place to start because in that sort of primitive form of data gathering, we were able to still identify kids that needed a bit more of a connection as Chris said, when we got to COVID and we got to revisit this process again, we got to take it to a bit of a a slicker method and we ended up actually turning it into a Google form. And we took that uh, questioning to be able, the nice thing about the Google form was we had actually pulled the thumbnail picture off, which then created a a much deeper thought for, for people to think, do I really know this kid? Do I know, can I pick them out of a crowd? If they're standing with a group of their friends, can I pick them out of that? That group of kids because that picture wasn't there anymore. But it also made it, we were able to share it out quick. We were able to gather the data quick, and we were able to streamline that process. Uh, I'll throw it to Chris and maybe Chris can kind of expand on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, so we kind of fast forwarded through there just to kind of get to where we built the continuum. But Jennifer, you're absolutely right. Part of the thing was is that when we we started this data, the the kind of concrete data, and then the process that Audrey was talking about, and we called it the the making a big school feel small. And our goal was literally to make a bigger school. And I mean, we, we do had close to 400 students and that might be a small school to some people, but it's a big school to us. We wanted it, it doesn't matter what size the school is, we wanted it to feel more connected, genuine connections uh, with children, with each other, but also, but a big time kind of back to that champion, being a champion, having the adults connected with the students um, and being champions for them. So what we what we took from that in that original one that kind of Audrey was explaining, I mean, it was very, uh, it was our first go at it and there was things we missed. Some people got missed, some people, and it wasn't the best collection of data. At the time, we found that we did get much better over the next couple of years, uh, which led us to this year. But what we did was we sat down with and one of the things i forgot to say was we had a small uh, committee and it was called the school improvement committee and it was from volunteer from teachers and, and we had men sitting on it and that committee there just started to ask some of the big questions like why why is this data the way it is what do we need to do what do we need to consider will this work is there different things to do and um Out of that process and the great conversations that happened with that committee, it was, it allowed us to bring bigger conversations to our complete staff. And now kind of fast forwarding a little bit, getting into where we are now with COVID and all of our staff kind of primed to to know how important relationships are and all of us doing this work. Now it was like, here's our window here's our window to really do this well and continue to improve. And then that's what led to us going this process of building the continuum of supports. And and I'm not gonna lie, Jennifer, it was really cool because that first brainstorming session when we had the sticky notes and we had our entire staff, including our EAs, everybody was a part of this. There must have been, I don't know, Audrey, would you say, oh, close to 200 sticky notes on ways and strategies to build relationships. And that's when you knew, okay, the work that we've been committing to is really working because there's so much here. There's so, the, the, the wealth was in the room and the knowledge and uh, it was all coming forward and we were all learning from it. So that was really neat. That was kind of the start of us building it this year and, and, and leading down this journey.
0: Building that continuum of supports and going through the meetings as you have, you'll have identified then some key issues and some supports that you constantly go to in in that respect in resolving those issues. So do you wanna talk a little bit about those issues and those supports that you might be able to put put in place?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I I think what happened here was is that we had Curtis actually come in and work with our school at this time. Um, He's really, really good at uh, leading these CTM meetings and he's really skilled at being able to uh, genuinely listen to uh, the conversation that's happening amongst everybody, but then at the same time, pull out a key issue. And I, I will say at this time, um, this was great learning for our leadership team. Um, it was great learning for all of our staff members. And just to kind of give some examples, I just pulled out a few here just to give some examples. Like for example, one of the key issues that we pulled out was um, students were, who were identified as having a lot of check marks or a high percentage. This is back to this like check marks from those three questions that Audrey talked about. Like, do you know who they are, their name? Can you pick them up from a crowd? Do you know a hobby or something? Or do you know something about their family? So students who were identified as having a lot of check marks or high percentages of those uh, were often students with challenging behaviors. Okay, so what about that? Like now that's we're identifying that is a key issue. It's not necessarily that. There may be potentially being identified for a great reason it could be that because of the behavior has been high and that's why we know who they are so what are some strategies or what are some potential things that we could put in place to support that another one was uh, anxiety resulting in confidence issues so these students necessarily the key issue was that maybe they didn't know uh, they, they, their anxiety was so high that they didn't have the confidence to go approach or talk to an adult or talk to another kid and this came out of our our big school feel small data and the activities that we were doing for relationships. Um, another one was, is that, that maintaining relationships or confrontations was another key issue. And I can probably let Audrey, maybe she can have a few more on there as well because there was so many that came out of our first few meetings and obviously at the help of Curtis, uh, picking them out for us and helping us with that.
2: Yeah, the nice thing about the timing of this, I think, too, um, was that because the focus on relationships and because we were in our COVID uh, time, some of the key issues that came out were directly related to that in being that, you know, connecting with friends outside of the cohorts. And the nice thing about bringing this to service was that we would then took, we were able to identify these key issues and we were able to collaborate and throw ideas around of how do we Continue to build connections when we're in these cohorts, and it created a lot of creativity around what kind of things we could do. What are the things that we could maybe utilize some tech to do? How do we get kids connecting with friends when they felt disconnected? And so, what what was great out of things like connecting with friends and disengagement, and is that we were able to. Uh, utilize each other, as well as our tier three um, interventions or our outside services and all come together and really rally around these kids and come up with some really concrete methods that each individual could walk away saying, I'm going to do that. I'm going to take that from this. And so it was it was really good and we came up with some really, uh, really capitalized on the expertise of the people in the group. Right, and everybody felt they could walk away with something concrete that they could start that next day, which was really important.
0: So, what would you say were some of those highlighted supports that you guys came up with in those creative ways? So one of the one of the ways
2: was utilizing the uh, video conferencing. Uh, or even the Chromebooks and, and having kids have lunch dates or across uh, using the computer right between classes. So classrooms were connecting that way so that they were able to have lunch dates with, with friends or even have one-to-one sort of get together for lunch um, through the Chromebooks. So that was one day to kind of build that connection or for them to have, make have their friends could be across the school and they don't see them all day. So this way they could arrange that time to be able to have that lunch together when they normally couldn't see, the, see each other. And we didn't actually, until we got into this meeting and really got identifying the key issue, we didn't really realize it was an issue until we got talking about it. And then once we got talking about it, we started to realize the commonalities in the issues. And once we realized the commonalities, we were able to say, okay, we, now it's an issue. Now we can solve that issue. And so it came up with a lot of things like that talked about, um, using outside space to do social distance visits and having that supervision to kind of Get connect kids together again. Um, we talked a lot about a lot of sharing of resources as well, like because our teachers uh, maybe don't get to see each other as much as they once did just because of the year that we're in. It also created a lot to say, I have a resource for that. I'm going to share that to you right now. Right. And things were happening in real time and people were walking away going, I'm going to try that. Thank you for sharing that. So there was a lot of resource sharing. Um, there was like, so there was definitely an opportunity even to see kids that were, maybe we weren't noticing, we were, they, you know, it was kind of an idea that there might be something going on, but this is actually bigger than I thought it was. And we could refer them out to some outside services and they would, and what we could do with that, right? And put them on our radar, whether it be us that has to check in with them or whether it was our wellness or our learning support teacher. So it created that filter system as well that we kind of needed.
1: And I will say that, um when if we first started this with no structure, this would have been just kind of like identify the key issue. And then when you're talking about Jennifer about the potential supports that we could list or, or bring up like Audrey's talking about right now, you might get one or two ideas or maybe three ideas thrown out and, and that kind of stopped there. But with the development of the continuum of supports and all of this work that we did this year Kind of now on this nice beautiful like it almost is like a menu it's like a menu of strategies um you saw people starting to look and be like okay uh where, where am i going to go here yeah lunch dates or hey why don't I get some do that name tag game who knows how to do that one does someone have a resource uh what about sharing circles what does the sharing circle look like for you what does a sharing circle look like for me So they were easily able to pull supports off and even some of our brand new teachers who maybe their toolkit is not as big yet. um, They were able to be like, I see this here. What is that? What does it mean? And then someone could talk to it, or I have a great resource for that. Let me share it with you. So you could just see the collaboration and the capacity building happening right before your eyes. It was amazing to see it, but Having that continuum of supports developed um, made it a lot easier to now pull lots of supports off for a certain key issue. It also created a great conversation when someone would say, I don't think that the support there would work, here's why. And then someone else say, I see where you're coming from. So you could see that like quite engaging conversation and professional conversation happening. And uh, that was really neat.
0: So there's excitement about the collective efficacy that you're building as a staff that I can hear, but I can imagine that it's hasn't been smooth sailing all the way. Audrey mentioned messy data in the beginning. What have been some of the challenges to implementing collaborative response?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, there there was messy parts throughout the way, and and kind of before we go on, we we've talked about how now things are kind of running smoother and things are you know this nice menu to pick things from. Something that like I would highly recommend to any school ever uh, to anybody who's ever going through this process is that the messy part is the important part, like the obstacles that you have to overcome and the uh, working through those, um, those times. That is what honestly made our capacity grow It made our conversation smoother and better and more professional, but it also like what what it did for us. to be honest with you what it did was is that we continue to get better and better and better at the system and refining and honing what we're doing and so one of the things that we the challenges of implementing this is obviously now we have to figure out we have this great idea of what we're going to do but how do we now layer the meetings how do we make sure that throughout the year uh, we can have these uh, great meetings team meetings Uh, collaborative team meetings, whatever type of meeting it is going to be. How do we make sure can we embed it in our school day? Or do we have to have it slightly after school? And then we also have to make sure that like when we're going into these is that there's an actual organized structure to it. Um, Working with jigsaw learning. I mean, obviously, that has helped a lot in the work we did. um, And making sure that the structure is there, which now made us refine and hone and get smoother with what we're doing makes the conversations more streamlined but very purposeful when they're happening. Um, the other thing too, is that like doing all of this work takes time. A recommendation that I can say is do not rush the process. Do not, it's not something where it's like, okay, we got a PDD, let's get this done in two hours. Let's, let's, let's pump out this published product. Let's get this thing completed and let's get it. All right, great, let's get it on the web page. It's not about that, and I know, and I I love that word that Audrey used, messy, because the time and the messy work was what made our final, and it's still not even final, it's always ongoing, but it made the product at the end really valuable. Um, It made it something that we were all proud of, but we all know that everyone's minds had committed to this, and there was lots of conversations to get it to where it was. So make sure that the time is there to implement that. Um, Make sure you also give time to practice the structures and have the structures embedded in your conversations and what you do. This is why it's important to have norms. This is why it's important to have all those things established ahead of times. And I think that uh, another challenge would be that sometimes people just may not have the capacity. They may not have the capacity coming into it, but the nice thing is, is that when you're using it this way, people, are going to leave with a a deeper capacity of what to know and what to do.
0: What have been some of the celebrations of implementing collaborative response at EG Wallstrom School? So I think one of the big celebrations
2: uh, around it is that working through the collaborative response, there's something for everybody to contribute. It doesn't matter if you have you know, in your first year of teaching or in your third year of teaching or you're in administration, it created space for everybody to put their ideas out. And it didn't matter uh, if, it was, if it was new or unheard of or seemed silly. It was just a really good place to, for everybody to contribute their ideas. And it created that space for that. And it's great because it, it also allowed for, again, whether you're at the end or the beginning, to pull something away there was always something new. So it created that space for that, which I, I really, really enjoyed because even I was, I found myself asking questions like, what is that? That's cool. I've never heard that. Right. And so there's always something new. So I think that that was uh, something great around it. It definitely also created, I really liked that it focused on the key issues and not students. And so we got away from uh, focusing on, you know, one particular kid or one particular classroom, and instead it got into key issues, which is what I also really enjoy about the process of clever responses that you're just really focusing on uh, strategies for issues, which then you can apply to multiple years, right, as opposed to just one student. So I really enjoyed that. Uh, in the process I also think that it it just created again that structure Chris talked about right it kept it utilized the time it made very efficient use of time that people were getting together it created this this menu as he spoke about or this document that people we could go back to and refer back to and he walked away with something you always walked away with something that you could apply so I, I really enjoyed that Chris what do you think
1: yeah, I, I think that you got some of the important parts there, and I, and I think that we enjoyed this, our staff enjoyed this. Um, one of the things that was really neat to see, and, and we've mentioned it a couple times throughout, is these conversations. The conversations, I, I feel like they were like, it's almost like gold. I felt like I wanted to bottle some of them up and just hold on to them because, like, they were really rich discussions. They kept going deeper and deeper, and and, and, and I found as we got better with the structure, um, people got better at challenging each other. So like, but like disagreeing in an agreeable way, which was really neat to see because they would say, I like your idea. Did you think of this as well? And then it's like, oh yes. And then you just see this like neat conversation unfold. And so just talking to some of our staff over the evolution of us uh, doing this this year, you're, you're seeing them now say, I really enjoyed those conversations. I want to have more conversations. And the thing that I really liked about that is that they were excited about their conversations, not just one person doing the talking or two people leading all of this, the discussion. You truly felt like what Audrey just said, everybody had something to contribute. It doesn't matter if you're in your first year, your 30th year of teaching, if you're an administrator, if you're a, a support staff, everyone can add something to this conversation, which is really neat.
0: So when you think about where you were to where you are, sort of a beginning year one, towards the end of year two kind of idea, what have been some of the changes that you've made as a result of implementing collaborative response or as part of learning through the implementation of collaborative response?
1: I think a key word is it's a lot smoother. <laughs> I think it's a lot smoother. I think that this is that kind of that back to that thing I said about time, and uh, and putting the time and then like Audrey said, the messy work. Um, you have to go through those stages. You have to go through those steps. I think we learned a lot. Like even just that big school field small activity, just even how we collected data going from paper and pen people ripping the page on their lap and I put the wrong pen color down. What was the pen color again? Oh, I didn't do this sheet. Like it was almost a comedy of errors in some areas, but it was still, it was still good data, but now putting it into efficient systems where it's in the Google doc or it's in a document that collects everything, or, uh, then you can actually add colors. You can add, um, layers of percentages, you can rank those things based on different things. That, that's just our collection of data just to show how that improved. And then it also had now easy access to everybody rather than just one central location you had to walk down to. But I, I'm just giving you an example of how we evolved. But the thing that like, I think right from the get-go is it was literally these, like I said before, these pockets all over. There was all sorts of pockets of good work but we didn't bring it together. And I think now what we're starting to see kind of more as we've been doing this a little bit longer is that it's coming together uh, and people are used to the system and structure that's in place. So then they actually get a little more vulnerable because they know what to expect. They know where the conversation may go. They know where to add their information. Um, So when you have that kind of positive environment happening, People are taking more risk now in the conversations. People are being more vulnerable with their sharing of resources. Uh, it's not like holding it all in into your own silo. And so that's that's really neat to see.
0: Looking ahead then, what might be some next steps for EG Wallstrom School as they continue on their collaborative response journey?
2: Well, I, I mean, I think where we need to go is like, like Chris said, we've we've we are starting to see where the pockets are coming together. We're starting to see, but if we really want to get uh, the max out of it, we need to get those layer those meetings in. We need those meetings to be in support of one another. We need to make sure that we are, we're taking the work that we've done this year and we're really putting it into practice and we're really refining it and re and going back and reflecting on it and adding to it. And also getting into that, uh, continue to build that the, what does it look like? What does it not look like? Build those resource banks so that it is accessible to, to everybody in here to say, okay, I'm, I'm trying to build relationships with this class and this is where I go so that we're, we're not asking those, what does that look like? It's like, okay, here's a video of what that looks like, or here's a product of what that looks like. So I think just getting into that process of making sure that we've got our meetings in place, uh, that we've got them facilitated well, but that we're also now taking that work and we're really working with it and, and then reflecting back on it and continuing to build and build and build off of it.
1: Yeah, definitely like what you said about the collection of resources, I think as we, we go further and further down this road and it depends on sometimes you have new staff that come in and they have uh, maybe transfers or somewhere and they have a lot of neat resources that might be new to your building, but making sure that's organized into like pockets or folders or digital folders that where all this stuff can go. And I think inside of our continuous having links so you can literally click, well, what does that look like? You click it, what does it look like? What does it not look like? Then you can also click a folder, here's some activities. Here's some things that you can uh, print off, or here's some things that you can share with your students. That would be really neat to kind of get to that point because then it's all at your fingertips and easy access. So that would be a, a next step as well.
0: You've taken your staff on a fantastic learning experience through their professional roles in your schools. Do you have any last thoughts to share around collaborative response or on the journey or the directions you're taking next?
1: I, I may sound repetitive throughout this entire thing of what I have um, mentioned many times, but uh, I think any advice that I could give in this journey that we've been on, it takes time. Take the time that it deserves to, to develop this well. Um, also, uh, taking the stealing the word from Audrey there, that messy. Don't be scared to, to get messy with it. Don't be scared to make mistakes with it. Don't be scared to Uh, try and overcome obstacles together, because that truly brings your team, there's actually a neat byproduct that happens where collaboration grows even stronger because of that. And conversations become richer because of that. So uh, don't rush this, just just make sure you have a a strong vision uh, of what you want to do, and then the steps you're going to take to go there. And that would be Kind of my last words for that part of things. things. Uh, I don't know Audrey if you can add some stuff in there as well. She usually is, she adds like the sprinkles to our cake here. She's the person who always puts the cherry on top and I always amazes me because it makes me go like, oh, what did I think about that? She's always got the great ideas. Now I've set you up there Audrey, there you go.
2: If there's something you've already done, it's go back, go back, bring it back into the fold, go back, revisit it Right, and bring it back into to the to the model if you can, because if we hadn't gone back and focused on this relationships piece, if we hadn't used that as an opportunity. We would know, we would not be where we are right now. And if so, instead of you know, moving forward, if you have to go back, then then do it because it's worth it.
0: And so, in honor of the relationships and the school spirit that you have, Audrey, show your shirt. Go Eagles. (laughs) I love it. Building positive relationships at EG Wallstrom School. I love it. Thank you both for your time. It is immensely appreciated.
1: Thanks so much, Jennifer, for having us. Awesome. Yes, great.
0: Thank you for having us.